the, I may have to shock people with that one though, okay. because they may have already done that. Because most people ask the question, "What do, what do they look like?" I said, "What do you mean? What aliens look like? What if you're asking the wrong question? What if we look like them?" Thanks once again for joining me here for the Launchpad Podcast. My name is J-Man, and this is a platform for free speech and people to use my platform to speak freely. This gentleman is featured in Billy Carson's Black Knight Satellite documentary, also on Gaia in George Norrie's Beyond Belief, May 20th. You can catch him on Alien Endgame on Discovery+. Plus. On top of all of that, he runs one of the most successful UFO groups on Clubhouse, approaching 25,000 people, host of the podcast and YouTube channel, Why the Big Secret, Roderick Martin on the program. How you doing, brother? Doing all right, Jay, man, and I'm glad to be here with you so we can talk about that UFO stuff, right, and why it's a big secret. All right. Now, here are some of the things that we're going to talk about. Your UFO experience when you were 12 years old. I'd like to touch on Roswell, Men in Black, Pentagon, and released footage by that Pentagon. And let's start off with this question, the name of your podcast. Why the big secret, Roderick? I mean, why cover-ups? Why go to such great lengths to make sure that the truth does not get out there? Well, that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. And and for everyone who's listening, you know, there's always been this narrative, and I always consider, without trying to say the government and, and stirring all the trouble, I call whoever is the big secret keepers. That's who they are. And when you think about the, the, the narrative, J-Man, of these big secret keepers and what they try to do. So let's go all the way back for the past 60 years. And even when we do get on a Roswell, like you said, man, we think we know what we know as a public when we think we hear what the secret is. And I'm starting to realize, and I think a lot of us are, is that when we think we know what they think the secret is, and it's really not the secret, it's something else. And we got to start going deeper into the curiosity. And this is why... I begin the process of telling people your your eyes are useless when your mind is blind. It's time to think why. And once we open up the Pandora's box of curiosity of why, we can break or peel back the layers of the big secret. And so, for example, once again, everybody knows there was something that crashed in Roswell. Oh, yeah, okay, it was an alien spacecraft. So we all think we know the secret. But what if it was something else? And we can cover that later. But the whole point of why the big secret is now to get people to think past the narrative. Okay. So when I think of the big secret, and I'll foreshadow a little bit in regards to the Pentagon, Mm -hmm. which has released some footage over the last couple of years of Mm -hmm. unidentified flying objects. And I think the damage of the secret actually coming out is the fact that then we kind of all know that they've been lying to us for the last 75 years. Right. So, I mean, at what point, how do they deliver this kind of information? What is it exactly <laughs> like? What, is, what is that secret? What do they not want us to know? Is it free energy? Is it alien technology? Is it just the fact that we're not the only people out there? Like what's the deal? Well, let's take what you just said about free energy. I don't think any of us seen a UFO stop for gas. Right. 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 So imagine in the crash at Roswell, 
they really heard one of the aliens right before he died say, I want to give you guys a gift. Here's free energy. So imagine if that was the big secret Mm. and it got out and the the whole economy changes, right? Mm -hmm. Civilization changed because Mm -hmm. we're talking energy and gasoline and oil is is a global product. So now as why not let the, the public know that they think they know what the secret is and let's right. just leak out stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what's happening. So imagine even in the movie, men in black, the movie in, in which is what inspired this name of my whole podcast is when Will Smith asked the character K and said, why the big secret people are smart. And he said, no, people are dumb and stupid, you know, and a person is smart. So a person can handle this one at a time. So the whole point is, yeah, they know that they can disseminate this information slowly. Some people will find out a, mo- a little more deeper. But at the end of the day, everybody don't truly need to know what the true secret is. And this is where the truth seekers in my community, uh, we go after the big secret keepers. We try to peel back those layers and basically we may not ever come down to the to the definitive answer, J-Man, but if I can get people to think why, then I can get them to think outside the box and begin to get curious and ask the right questions. Mm, right. It's all about asking good questions. So Absolutely. Before we get on to your own experience when you were 12, let's just finish off with Roswell by you just answering a couple of questions. I'm going to tell you what I know, and then you can kind of tell me what you know. <laughs> All right, there we okay. go. Okay, so we were told that it was a weather balloon. It was not. Was there an alien craft that crashed in Roswell, and were their bodies recovered? And as far as the men in black are concerned, I know that those are legitimate. Apparently, for those that saw Roswell, whatever it was, Uh, They were visited by men that were dressed in all black, telling them that if they were to divulge any information on what they saw, that there would be some type of deterrent, correct? Yes, and yes. And and there was two crashes in Roswell. Oh, okay. I did not know this. Yeah, there was two crashes there. And one thing about it is that the real rumor is that we used our, I think it was some type of magnetic technology and we brought those crafts down and yes they there was a crash there was alien uh recovered bodies grazed at the time and then you think about all of the uh material and and, and when you look at some of the history of this 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 crash this guy brazel that's his name found this stuff on his ranch out in the middle of nowhere you're talking what it was like 80 mile 80 acres and land and so he this the crash site was huge uh for one of the crashes and so when you think about what you just said whether men in black then they come back and say it was a weather balloon but if you go through the history of the local newspapers there was an article that the the government actually admitted that they had the flying saucer so there was a clipping that one of the newspapers that they said, okay, the mystery of the fine saucers has been solved. We do have one. Mm-hmm. And then particularly they came back and said it was a weather balloon. Now here's the kicker back in 1933, this happened in 47 uh, back in 1933, we had the battle of Los Angeles. If, if my dates are correct, this is where a craft flew over Los Angeles in the middle of the night around 3 a.m. 
and it was huge, big old ship, right? And so, but our military engaged them, and, and it was over 1,400 rounds. There was air raid sirens. What did they come back? If anybody in the audience remember, what did they come back and say what they were shooting at in at that time? A weather balloon. Okay. All right. So they knew that story already worked. It worked. (laughs) It worked in 1933. Right. And the the problem with that is we shot 400, I mean, 1400, you know, anti-aircraft stuff into the air and our military could knock down a weather balloon. Right. Okay. That doesn't make so, any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And so that made, since then they made movies, you know, out of this battle of Los Angeles. But mm-hmm. if you look up the history, they came back and said it was a weather balloon. So they didn't have no choice but say, wait a minute. Uh, that worked in 1933. And that was a huge mother craft. We had anti, you know, uh, aircraft and battle and all that all night long. Right. Let's just say this was a weather balloon too. Okay. Now after Roswell, the next thing that came to me as I got curious about life from other planets and UFOs, it was like Bob okay. Lazar, right? Now, Bob Lazar um, apparently has worked or touched or reverse engineered the propulsion systems on UFOs and things of that nature. Do you know which UFO that would be from what crash or how far they've come along with that technology? Well, I don't think any of us, in particular, if I can go back in my memory, I don't think Bob Lazar never pointed out what it was from because in part of his story, how he found out was that they left a hangar open mm-hmm. and he actually saw the craft itself. Mm-hmm. But then also being uh, working on the program is when he, I think they identified at different new elements and, and they was doing reverse engineering. So he's always been part of that. And he also said how they became uh, how or how they discovered different propulsions and different things that they were using. Mm-hmm. So Bob's story has always been what it was. And I think now that we have disclosure and different things, it just give him more little validation because he took a hell of a hit, uh, right. you know, when the big secret keepers were really covering up their secrets and, and they threw him out to the wolves. But now disclosure is different and times is different. So. Right. Now, what was it like for you being a 12-year-old boy and having a UFO encounter? (laughs) Did you share it with people right away? Is this something that you kept to yourself? Uh, Was it something that you did put out there and then you basically kind of had it crammed right back down your throat and people were like, Roderick, you can't say this to anybody because... Well, your parents would probably say, don't tell this to anyone because they're going to they're going to take you away from us. How did that happen? Well, for starters, Jay, man, you know, I was 12 years old. I grew up in a crazy neighborhood in Dallas, and this neighborhood was known to have bullies. We had gangs. We had all kind of things. So imagine going up to the street corner where everyone hung out by this local store and, you know, even if you were the neighborhood bully, you're not going to look over and say, Hey, you know, I saw a UFO last night. Now, now give me your lunch money. <laughs> you know, re, you know, you, you talking, you know, retaliation now, you know, giving strength to the small man person. You know, oh, what he crazy, you know? So of course it stayed my secret, you know, when I saw this thing and when I first saw it, I didn't realize the significance of the moment. I, I really didn't. Uh, 
I did understand what I was interpreting and saw, but I just didn't understand the significance of that moment. So as the months and years rolled by, and as I've gotten older and got older and began to watch movies at that time growing up, and then you start like, wait a minute, you know, two and two. And so then, of course, becoming a UFO investigator as an adult, I knew how significant that moment was, but I still remember it as though it was that moment yesterday or when it happened, it was, you know, I was uh, right about in the summertime, my mother, you know, we, we had to play under the street light uh, and most everybody did. So when the darkness happens, my mom and along with a few others would flick the porch light. That's your indicator. And you have to be within sight to see the porch light. So if you was close enough to the house, like you're supposed to, you don't miss the port light, the porch light flashing. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you're looking over there anyway, playing ball in the street, and you're still trying to look and making sure when that flash happened. So ultimately, it happened. This time, it was just a little later, so it was there was still a little darkness but light. And as I walked home, and I got right to the front porch, and I kind of was looking back at everybody else whose parents still let them stay outside. And now as I grow older, their parents didn't care as much as mine, right? <laughs> okay. Back then, I, it was a different story. So... I so the night skies had just began to come in and the stars was just beginning. So it was right in that midway point. And when I was looking up, I saw it. I saw the, the jets go by and and then I was like, huh. And then I saw them come back. And then that's when I saw the white disc. And it was just moving. You couldn't hear anything. And then you just saw the two jets floating right behind it. And then you come back and it's back again. That, and it was behind them. And Roderick, how far away was this roughly? Is this something that looked big to the eye, or is this something that was off in the distance like we usually now, see with a lot of UFOs? Now, I'm, I'm a UFO investigator, so that's okay. one of those questions that I can now answer distinctively because I'm a UFO investigator. But as a kid, it was just far, far away, but mm -hmm. it was close enough that it was there. You saw it. So. Right. I would probably say if it was maybe a few hundred yards, maybe a mile in the sky, maybe two, three, because, you know, mm -hmm. you're talking planes. And so, mm -hmm. uh, and I really didn't hear the jets that loud. So I would say a couple of few miles up, but it wasn't way up there. I mean, it was right. You, you know, could see distinct distinguishing features on the craft. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no, I just saw no. it was just kind of a, a white glow. It was, it was like, it was like a, you saw it, it was, it, and I ain't call it, it would definitely wasn't a tic-tac that I know what I can see today. Mm -hmm. It was just round from what I saw and it was illuminated just a little bit and it was just zipping. Okay. Through. Like an orb. Yeah. Okay. And at any well, point no, where it, you... was, it, it wasn't a lit orb, it was a craft. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, now, like were said, you freaked out at all or were you just totally no, I was, I was fascinated? Just, I, I was fascinated. Like, wow, what the hell? Right. And that was it, you know, because it was like, wow. And and then, like I said, it it was just zipping, uh, and in 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 it wasn't going a, a regular flight path because they they couldn't keep up with it. It was just, choo, choo, choo. but it was like it was playing with them, and there was the and then when I saw the two jets, I was like, oh, okay, that was it, and yeah. I, I didn't think nothing of it. But then, like I said, as the years and months rolled by, I was like, wow, that was yeah, that was amazing. Right. So now, Roderick, yeah. I, I I'm gonna go to a question that I asked you before we started recording, right? Cause I okay. also want to challenge a little bit. I most definitely believe that there are UFOs out there, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. 
Okay. And there's so many people that have had alien encounters. We can talk about that uh, as well mm-hmm. as seeing UFOs. And you know what? Back in the day when maybe there were VHS cameras with not that great zoom quality, et cetera, maybe there was an excuse as to why there wasn't great footage out there. Mm-hmm. Now, when there are cell phones today, with zoom capability where like literally from here to wherever you're living, I can zoom in and catch a nostril hair on your face. Why is it still that it's so difficult to capture a UFO or an alien, like up close, like a selfie kind of close. Is that just ridiculous to think, or like, how come we, we haven't caught one yet like that? Well, you used the word selfie of an alien, so we're going to move that one to the side. <laughs> okay, we got to. I mean, that's... And, I no and, disrespect. <laughs> no, but but listen, the, right. the, I may have to shock people with that one, though, because okay. they may have already done that. Because most people ask the question, what do, what do they look like? And, and, I'm, and I'm, I hurt the feelings when I said, what do you mean what aliens look like? What if you're asking the wrong question? What if we look like them? So we'll get back to that. Okay. You know, and, and so the selfie thing works. They might have have taken it and just didn't know it. So mm-hmm. now the cameras that people have to know is, and, and I get that question all the time. So, but if you think about the lens that's on the cell phone, it's not designed to take a picture of something that's a mile or two away. So quite naturally, most people try to zoom in and that's what messes it up. Because that zoom optical of something still trying to be miles away that they zoomed in on that really can't get a great shot. Then they give that to us to examine. And then we got to zoom that in and it's grainy. And that's just a human natural response. Okay. So if most people will take the time not to zoom, then you will get probably a better picture when someone's able to analyze it in deeper. But it's that zoom, which pixelates it automatically which they think they're getting a closer shot, but then try to zoom in on a zoom. Once they don't. And, and that's a natural, and 99%. It distorts it. it, distorts it. Okay, so, so here's another one. Mm-hmm. Here's another one then. Like as far as hotspots for UFOs, yep. why not have high-powered telescopes or some type of optical zoom thing that's just focused in on a certain part of space where maybe we see them the most and maybe we just happen to catch one fly by these may be dumb questions but i'm going to ask them well then listen we're not going to worry about this organization called nasa who has satellites and telescopes okay or the observatory that's in arizona which has the biggest telescopes all of these by the way jamin have caught something moving by but you got to remember and i don't know about using bad words today right we oh please yeah yeah do it we can it's a big ass space out there yes and and so is it possibly impossible for a fixed telescope of any magnitude to be sitting at one spot catching something that moves from coast to coast within seconds Mm mm-hmm Okay. Fair enough. We know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just not in, in, unless the, you know, the, the extraterrestrial know it's watching stops and do a Heisman for us. Paul, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Y'all there. Okay. Now y'all can put your tabloids and go. So all of these anomalies and things that happens now, don't get me wrong. Just recently um, in, in real time, there was a article that came out that NASA 
the telescope that they had watching the sun that was recently two days ago and it spread it all over that they people witnessed these black objects cubes coming in and out of the sun harvesting or going there now this happens because there was a fixed telescope that constantly monitors the sun 24 7 12 365 so we had that opportunity and, and it's a live feed nasa allegedly cut it off okay right make- i've seen that a couple of times with uh yeah especially so the- sorry just because that that just brought me to the black night satellite right is that mm-hmm. kind of similar that's something that has been caught a couple of times on the- camera but it's been cut out is that legitimate or no it is very, very legitimate, and it goes all the way back to Tesla. Uh, and I would just really expand into it, but however, it will definitely not give the service of Billy Carson's new documentary, right. Black Knight Satellite, that's going to be uh, premiering June 5th. So, um, but check out that. I would tell everybody, you know, and he or anyone is not going to do the budget that he spent just to come back and say it wasn't there. <laughs> right, right. Now, what's crazy to me, Roderick, is that mm-hmm. there's so many pieces that are available to us. Uh, mm-hmm. There are so many witnesses. Mm-hmm. And these are not just from eyewitnesses on the ground that, you know, I'm working the sausage cart and I saw a UFO, like high ranking officials in the military, Navy, Air yep. Force, all across the board, uh, national defense secretaries things of that nature yep and we've also had mass sightings where a number of people you mentioned arizona i believe it was in phoenix was the phoenix lights i think they called it where the the one v i think was six was it five or six in a v shape and yep that was the phoenix lights okay and the only thing that we just don't have other than uh, that alien autopsy is that bogus by the way now, that one is up for speculation. However, okay. the rumors, when they did recover the grays uh, within the Roswell or several other crashes that's on, you know, under the table, that there were grays recovered. So you, on one hand, could assume that if there were some leaked photos of the autopsy, it would be from those particular events. And so to authenticate, was that an actual autopsy what time frame and when that's what the challenge is but i would assume because they recovered bodies uh that we do know from you know area 51 in in roswell new mexico that there was a possibility and why wouldn't they have done some type of autopsy so we would know that that would have been a procedure that they would have done we just don't know if those footages that was coming out was authentic of that situation fair enough now i have listened to a few of your clubhouse sessions all right thank you for listening of course i mean twenty five thousand people and growing it's Mm -hmm. obviously of interest and you cover a lot of different things there and one of them that i caught was uh, animal mutilation is that the right term it would be cattle mutilation. cattle mutilation thank you um and you had also spoken of when i was talking about doing a selfie with an alien that quite possibly they're already here among us. I thought like, why not use that clubhouse Avenue just to segue in nicely into what do you mean by potentially taking a selfie with an alien in today's world? Well, what do we mean by that is 
one of the things that I, I just finished up a eight episode series that's going to be, and we didn't even mention that to you. I just finished filming it two days ago. And one of the episodes uh, for the network was that I was coming up with some content. And at the last minute I had, I just thought about this idea and I was like, you know what? People's always asking the question, first of all, are we here along in the universe? And then after all the evidence and research I've done and different things, I said, wait a minute, the question you should be asking, are we alone here on earth? Okay. And then that digs back into what you're saying or asking, what do they look like? Because if you go into ancient civilizations, you go into the history, there's all points to uh, ancient civilizations for as the Anunnaki and, and the stories and how uh, we was possibly developed. Now, I don't want to send your audience into a frenzy, so I'll, I'll make sure I step lightly when I do this. Uh, but when you go into the biblical side of things, and let's start with the, I'm a Christian, but you want to go with Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Now, this is the Bible. This is, is all the Bibles. And that particular passage says, let's make man in our image in the likeness of ourselves r is plural now i was raised that it would stand for the trinity the holy ghost the spirit and but in essence from all the history of anunnaki and all that stuff obviously the gods plural are make let's make men in our image o-u-r in the likeness of ourselves so obviously if that's the case, it's no different if you have children and somebody walks up to you and say, Hey, look, J man, you know, they talking to you, J man, you look like your son and you're going to correct them. No, he looks like me. <laughs> I don't look like him. Right. He looks like me because I got here before he did. Okay. So obviously we look like them. If they want to make men and our images and likeness of ourselves. And there's probably a dozen scriptures that reference the creation of man in a, in a connection with the extraterrestrial. So that's why I said the curiosity, what is the possibility while we're looking for what they look like, they are already walking among us because we look like them. Yeah. You're not blowing anyone away on this channel. I've done flat earth reptilian channeling. Okay. Then. Well, <laughs> shit. All right. Well, we, right? well, all right. So, then. Well, we, uh, we all there. Right. So that's part of what you now, do now, as well. And maybe I'm not doing a good job. Was I supposed to blow them away? No, and, no, no. You can oh. just speak freely. It's just there's going oh, okay. to be people that are listening to this that may be outside of your network that are still going to be like, oh, how come he hasn't said anything about lizard people? I'm kidding. I'm just saying that because there's one person in particular I'm thinking about that would, oh, you had him as a guest on your show, Anthony. Anthony, uh, so, yeah, I was going to say that's the man right there. Right. So, so reptilians, yeah. you know, I, are reptilians real? Uh, I'm still skeptical uh, as to whether or not, but I, I know that that is a race that has been spoken of in regards to already being here uh, that are just in another density that only people that have the ability to see them can. I have been reading uh, a book by David uh, Ike. Or right. Who I, I also yeah. had on the program. Yeah. Really? I, I want to meet him someday. Okay, really absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we can definitely... Uh, go to lunch and um he had a lot of great and interesting uh information when it came down to reptilians mm -hmm. enough that got me curious enough to begin to just doing some back not just googling but you know checking a few books and 
and and and I think that they do exist uh, because once you start looking back again and connecting the dots with the you know ancient civilization, the you know the Book of Enoch, and all these other stories, then we're dealing with what people need to really consider that there are several species of extraterrestrials. And so the possibility of the reptilians existing, the grays, the, uh, you know, the, what, the reptoids, oh, the giants, you got the, the mantises, the giants, the giants and you, you have all of these are not just possibilities anymore, but things to really think about. Um, but the reptilians supposedly be the more, not so much uh, benevolent. There are more benevolent toward mm-hmm. humans, supposedly. And and so when you're looking at, and that's that's another contrasting thing we need to really probably get into. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think they are here because now I don't I don't if unless I have evidence to prove not anymore, mm-hmm. I'm more going with the yes now because hell, all of this stuff is just kind of like coming out left and right, new things and in a pot because there was a book by David not uh, Caparo, what is his name he. And I'm probably butchering his name. It's right here on my shelf. Uh, and I can get that book. But yeah. this guy has 80 species of... of, of uh... Look at this. Roderick is on the move. Yes. So <laughs> it is the Extraterrestrial Species Almanac. And it's by Craig uh, Kambasa. And this thing has 80 species of extraterrestrials. And he gives a description and he says how he kind of channeled the pictures of each one of these mm-hmm, reptil, mm-hmm. you know, races, but he is 80 of them. So Roderick, what yeah. is, what is the biggest lie in your space? Like if there was one thing that you could just remove from that space that people will believe or, um, or just, you would consider to be misinformation that discredits what you do or what ufology is and all that kind of stuff. Well, I have taken an approach, which, and this extends to what I've learned from uh, from clubhouse. When I first got on clubhouse, my intentions at the time, because I was in a marriage where uh, I couldn't even talk about UFOs in the house. It was just wasn't happening. And I almost gave up on even talking about it because it was disturbing my wife at the time. Hmm. Um, and so when I got on Clubhouse, I said, well, maybe I can find 20 or 30 people to, to talk to about UFOs. Then all of a sudden, the group started growing hundreds and hundreds of people a week. People start coming in. And the number one question was the question, and it's going to come to your answer. So I then started listening more and more and more and started understanding to set myself different from the other uh, ufologists and researchers, because they have been in this space so long that they have now advanced so high in, in into this ufology. And now we're talking about advanced weapons, weapons and all of these things. And so this long answer that I'm giving you boils down to the simple form that now the biggest thing is people are still wondering, are UFOs real? That's just the bottom. So that is the biggest lie. Because there are still millions of people who think UFOs are not real. And we can't even get past that. So then when I started catering my conversations to that audience, it grew like a wildfire. Because 
while most people still top talking and that's fine because they've been around and they're bored. So they need Mm -hmm. to talk about more things. Mm -hmm. I'm still pulling from the bottom, getting more beginners to say, Hey, it's a possibility. We're not alone in this universe. And so that is the ultimate answers. The biggest secret is that they don't exist. Like we know on a spiritual note. So it's still happening. And I promise you, Every week, every time I meet somebody, whether they're doctors, and they'll look at me and they say, are UFOs real? Oh, that stuff real? And so it's millions. But how can they say that, though? But how can they say that? And I thought it was really interesting that when the world is focusing on COVID, Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden they decided to release this footage from the Pentagon, uh, from the Air Force, I believe of these ufos traveling at ridiculous speeds with physics unknown to the physics that are here on earth and i believe they released two videos why why release these videos why now do you think covid played a role just while people are occupied with something else just give them something that's good and then when people continue to say that UFOs aren't real and it just kind of went over people's head, they can say, well, we did say something. Why now? Well, and it's, it's great that you asked those questions. I have two YouTube videos. One in particular uh, was talking about the covert relief package and within the package. And if all of, if any of the listeners that received the $600 when they gave out that relief in that 5,000 page package, was a provision for UFOs, okay? And that was the provision of the 180-day 180 180-day release. That was in January. In fact, that video is what Discovery Channel, uh, whoever was working on a production, discovered me for this new UFO show because I had just put out that video. And in the video, I talked about why everybody was focusing on COVID. And at that time, we had the uh, George Floyds and, you know, you got all of the people protesting and there was just so much going on that they felt, hey, you know what, let's start talking about a few things. And, and of course, by that time, I'm, I'm interchanging two events, but this is when they, the Navy videos and stuff. But now if you if anybody Google April 20th, if I'm not mistaken, 2020, that was a press release by the Pentagon. They released a press release on their website that there was vehicles that they found stuff that was not made from this earth. Okay. So they was already telegraphing these things. So the question of the why, you know, and so this is why the, why the big secret exists. So now we know what happened. We know that they released information. We know what it was. So you just asked why my whole podcast, my YouTube channel, my whole mission exists. Why? So why did they release it at that time? Was there an agenda? Was there a plan? Well, we do know it was a leak, but they confirmed the leak. And now we got to understand the leaks could be part of the agenda because now they're letting stuff out so quickly these days. And these secrets are, are just unpeeling that now you just sit back and like, what? And so the question again is, you know, was was it a particular scheme or plan to why that they are trickling this information out? Now, as a tidbit, right before uh, our new president today came in, the old president was there. They, there was the, the Israeli prime, I don't know, he wasn't the prime minister, but he was over there in NASA program. He was 80 something years old. 
if people can Google that, he released a statement and said these words that the, um, the extraterrestrials has said that it is time for humanity to know about them. So it's like we're on their clock. It ain't got nothing to do with what we're trying to do. So they're making themselves more visible slowly. Now people say, well, and I'm getting ahead of you, and I know you got your questions, and this is your show. This is your show. You do. You. And, uh, <laughs> you know, people ask all the time, well, why don't they just show themselves? Or, well, if you think about it, if we think that they are a higher uh, intelligence, higher technology, and everything else, then they are smart enough to know the basic principles. If they were to park, it would destroy our entire communities of what we have now if they stepped out right today and said hey i'm, I'm from planet zaron everything breaks down right. you know our food chain our churches and, and economy everything breaks they're not that stupid so they're not going to disturb an entire planet who will be shocked like ants if you stepped on an ant nest you know uh and that's the metaphor i think that they use with us right so all of these variables, and, and once again, this is why you heard me say, I now start speaking from the basic levels. I don't have to, I don't want to get all technical with people because I can't, but if I get people to come right back down to just the basic why, then you start getting the basic answers and that's what we're missing. And that's what they're doing to us. Now they're releasing the information right under our eyes. Cause we're not looking there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like you said, they'll come back and say, we did tell y'all about that. Didn't y'all see this? Mm-hmm. Well, when did you release that? Well, in plain freaking sight. Right. Now, so yeah, I, I, I'm of the belief system that Hollywood is evil. <laughs> it's a bad right. place. Um, well, I'm, I'm on a TV show. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Uh, like in regards <laughs> to like movies, uh, the way that they, they depict things, that there's almost mm-hmm. a foreshadowing or a dumbing down of or a programming, mm-hmm. correct? And I wonder... How does that affect the UFO community? Because they are constantly ramming down our throats that UFOs are evil, that they're all uh, they're all evil, uh, that they're here to crush us. You use the analogy that we are ants, and you know they will crush us under our feet. Why does Hollywood have this fascination on demonizing UFOs and aliens opposed to otherwise, for the most part? Well, let me give you an analogy first. You, you have a front yard, right? Um, let's just say you, this Friday night, you got your favorite beverage, whatever it is, and you're sitting on your front porch. And you're sitting there with whoever, significant other, you know, Mrs. J-Man, and y'all enjoying the moment. And you look over and you see these ants done started a fire in the corner of the yards. And you look at her and say, God darn wife, these damn ants, look at them over there. They're going to burn up the yard. And she says, you know what you need to do? You could go and exterminate them because the ants, which is us metaphorically, you know, uh, exploding stuff on the planet, destroying the planet. And if you want it to, you can go right down to Home Depot and get something and walk right over on top of these ants. And then you can exterminate the whole colony because they're about to blow up your front yard. And you're saying they better not. So the analogy of that, and when you get to Hollywood, and, and, and as I bring it all together, so we are just ants once we're in this grand scheme of things. But when you think about Hollywood 
uh, and let me bag up for a minute. And you're talking about the evil. So you're, are you saying that Hollywood is painting the image that they're evil? Or are you saying people? Cause I got a, I got an answer for them both or right. some, and some things that I learned on clubhouse that'll really blow you away. So the, the Hollywood thing is we got something driven by money. It's no different than media, mm-hmm. bad news sells more than good news. A movie has to have a script. It has to have a, a hero and to have the hero going through something. And it has to have a triumph. You ain't never seen one of the movies that we did not defeat the aliens, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how they did it, <laughs> but we always triumph. So imagine the outcome, the real outcome of every movie, like this last one, which was uh, don't look up that we just don't win thing. Right. It's, oh, it's, that's a know. spoiler, by the way, way to go Roderick spoiler. No, alert. I, no what I'm saying, we didn't win the, the, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh man. Everybody's everybody's seen that. Already. I have not seen it, but thanks. But it wasn't uh-huh. aliens anyway, though. It wasn't okay, alien. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you a question. You saw the Titanic. You went in there knowing it's fun. <laughs> that is very true. Point you Roderick right there. Point yeah, Roderick. You, you knew the storyline before you bought the ticket. I did. And still watch the I movie. Did. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, all right. So at this point, you 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 think about uh what the movies does. And and I did some research on this. And and I think by they're saying that a lot of these Hollywood movies were leaked from our government. And if you remember Spielberg, one of them had a relationship with Reagan and they always talked about the UFO stuff. So, and he made a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. ET and all this stuff. So if you think about the government denial, imagine, uh, and we'll use, for example, Stargate, the movie itself, uh, when they turn it into a series, the Air Force themselves had cameos throughout the episode and they was monitoring the information that was coming out that show. All right. And, but here's the denial part, Jamin. If I walked up to you and you, the military captain and general, and I said, man, I saw that stuff. It was in a movie, blah, blah, blah. Or no, I saw this. I know y'all got a Stargate and you're going to say, he's crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, he saw that in the movie. See, mm-hmm. they did that on purpose. Right. Okay. You, you, you give us it. So yeah, that's why not, exactly what I was looking for. Right. Yeah. Why not leak it out? Let it be and, and give them something they can work with. So at least we got a plausible deniability that the people are lunatic. They just saw it in the movie mm-hmm. and that's how they can control the flow. Okay. Now I'm thinking of one of the most popular uh, movies. I would think when it comes to aliens, close encounters of the third kind. No, no. E.T. Now, get out of here. I mean, as far as, like, if Come I on, think e. about E.T. phone home, I mean, they made him look no, like he was no, lost. No, no. We got to help them out. We got to get them back. They ain't blowing us up. That was, you know, he wearing kid clothes and <laughs> E.T. go home. You know, he was, no, was a pleasant finger. experience. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. probably the most popularized alien movie but i mean in regards to something that i could believe something believable something real a government on top of a mountain that is playing music to a ufo and the ufo is responding and then all that good stuff i'm not going to play spoiler like you just did i'm going to have yeah but go watch it now but we didn't see an alien in that movie though well i'm not even going to talk about it maybe maybe we did see an alien in that movie 
You, maybe you, you need a refresher him. there, Roderick. I think well, you I mean, might need a refresher. Shadow. We saw shadows. You're he, spoiling he, it even more, right? Stop it. No. Stop I, it. Stop it. No more. Okay. All right. No more. No okay. more. You're right. So right. in regards to that movie and how it played out, I see right. kind of like there's the civilians that don't know what's going on unless they've had an encounter, but the governments are the ones that seem to be making contact with these ETs and these UFOs. Is that the case? Does the government have a relationship with extraterrestrials that we're just not privy to? And have they worked out some type of treaty? Is there a deal in place? Are they exchanging technologies? Or is that not happening at all? All right, so this is where it gets to the point of different species. There are, has been said that there's different species of extraterrestrials that are here to help humanity. There are some who, for nefarious reasons, they, they all have their reasons of being here. So when you go to that question, without a shadow of a doubt, the government has reverse technology. Okay, so when you think about this, um, and, and, and this goes back to the rumor that people say, well, uh, those orbs are the China, that's from China, you know, it's a foreign technology or whatever. Come on, people. We got the most feared and strong military might on the planet. It's not another country out there when it comes pound for pound has more technology military wise. And if there was one that had something that can fly from space to here, transmedium, go from space, air, water, and can knock out our planes and do all that, we won't be the the leader of the free world. It is not going to go down that way. So that let you know it is not another foreign adversary with this technology. So obviously, for us to have stayed on the cutting edge, we had to have been reverse engineering some of these alien crafts, possibly in coordination. So if you think about the reptilians in Antarctica, where they're saying that they're where they are, all in, you know, the UN, we can't even go there. So there got to be some type of coordination between uh, them being a secret and as well as helping us along with some type of technology. So that would be with government. That would have to be with government. Okay. It's the, um, there's no other way. Yeah. So it's going to be government specifically, and then you're going to go with what some say the cabals, the higher echelon that running the government, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Because all these are deep secrets, and and these things are also money based, and and you know power, and and all these things. So yeah, I I I, I would assume, without a shadow of a doubt, I'll put money on it. Yeah, they work. Okay. Them, right? Now this is the one thing though I find across the board. Uh, when it comes to, let's just say, free thinking, mm-hmm. is, for instance, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like, flat earth, is that a thing in the alien community or is that not a thing in the alien community? Because I, I, I hear I, similarities. I, 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 Let me just go a little bit further why I asked that okay. question. Because I know through talking with flat earth Dave, David Weiss, uh, mm-hmm. there's a big thing in regards to just not being able to uh, be anywhere near the Antarctic, right? Or Antarctica, either one. Of, which one is it? Antarctica. Okay, that you cannot cross the paths or like it's something to do with, you know, the, the passage of the penguins, something of, of that nature, NASA, right? And so 
when I, I hear you talking about NASA, I hear him talking about NASA, I hear you both saying that, you know, people cannot be in that airspace. Uh, like, I, I feel so crazy just asking people about flat earth all the time, because I feel like I'm putting them in an awkward position to where, um, you know, maybe you that is me something. one. Yeah, right. They so. can't, you know, they, this, this, you know, this is, I have a face for radio right now. They are right. not seeing my expression. <laughs> okay. So but no, okay. No, no to the flat earth. We can just put that to well, rest. No flat no, earth. No, no. I mean, listen, all I can tell you the basic, and, and this is where I'm going to lose some credibility with the audience. And when I say credibility, I'm human. I can imagine my table that I'm sitting on, you know, standing here. And it's flat as it can be. And if I just continue to roll my keys over there, it's going to fall off the edge because uh-huh. it's flat. Uh-huh. And I welcome the theory of flat earth and say, okay, well, it's flat. You know, how do we answer for, and, they, and I know they got an answer. So, you know, drive to the edge and let me know. Right. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying. Prove uh-huh. it. Just uh-huh. drive to the edge, come back and say, Hey, Roderick, and I'm using this in layman terms. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of 3D mindset technology that confuses us to how we see the information, even differently from flying up in space, taking a shot back, looking at the moon from here, who damn don't look flat. You know, it looks round as it can be. The sun look as round as it can be. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? So I don't know how something, and maybe we, we're looking at all this in different angles. So right. um, now the theory of flat earth exists. And the theory of Antarctica, and and it all ties back into a story back in 1930. Uh, there was a Russian, uh, the leader at that time was Stanley, I forget his name, but he ordered an expedition to go to Antarctica. And some people can, it's hard to find this information, but there is a documentary out there called Two-Faced to Gray. You know, people need to really check that one out. And in there, they do go over the same timeline. But in that particular point, the Russians went to Antarctica. And at that time, it was a race between China, United States, and Russia uh, trying to build a nuclear weapon. And Antarctica was known to have an unlimited supply of uranium and as well as, you know, other uh, things that we need because we was using much of it here. So they went over there. And supposedly they were met by some bronze, you know, beings who were stood 10 to 12 feet tall, mm. three of them. And they were surrounded by smaller grays. And they told that the leader of that expedition, they said, Hey, you know, don't come back here. Don't come to Antarctica. Okay. And he, they said, well, we're on a peace mission. We're just looking for it. And he said, no. And they spoke telepathically and they told him, no, we know why you're here. And a kicker that they asked the, those, those bronze, who are you? And they told them they was from the galaxy Orion. And then they made a statement that I could leave out that was powerful and who they were. Okay. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier. And so they went back to tell the leader of Russia at that time, what happened. And he didn't believe them. He thought they were just trying to avoid trying to be away from Antarctica's unforgiving you know, weather conditions. And he put them all in prison for life. Oh, wow. At this time, Hitler were, had just invaded Poland and he was in which within two years, you know, he took that whole, the whole side of that world over, but he, through his back end spy program, heard about the Antarctica 
expedition that the Russians had. So he sent his group over there. Now, what this is in a history book, so people know. This is when he, when he sent his groups in the 1940s or whatever, they met uh, a flying saucer from that same area, met them, and Hitler shot it down. This is how Hitler got the technology for the Bell aircraft because he shot it down. He told people, his people, reverse engineers, I need to make this into a weapon. Hmm. This is where the name Warner Barn Braun comes in place. He worked for the Germans and he was developing the anti-gravity uh, bail uh, unit thing. And they was going to weaponize this thing. Well, by this time, Japan bombs us in Pearl Harbor, brought us into World War II. Uh, ultimately, we defeated uh, Hitler, you know, which we you know, defeated Germany. We then took his whole space program, which we gave 1,400 scientists a war pardon. And this is how Wanna Braun Braun became working for NASA. Remember, all of it was German scientists because we defeated them. And then within moments after that, we came out with the bomb that we then bombed back on Hiroshima or whatever. Right. And what people don't understand, we almost spoke German. Had they finished that technology, we'll be speaking German right now, right? Mm, right. So now, at this time, uh, when Hitler shot down this craft, then our one of von Braun came over to United States. Remember? Now, remember, we, we defeated him. He now works for NASA. He tells our president, which is either Truman or either Eisenhower, okay, about what happened. What did we do? If you heard of Operation High Jump, we sent Admiral Byrd to Antarctica, right? And he, and, and have you heard of Operation High Jump? Okay, look it up. Everybody who's listening, most of your people know about this. Okay. It, this is in the books. Operation High Jump was Admiral Byrd, uh, and he went over there with 4,400 men, 33 aircraft. He went with the first weaponized nuclear sub submarine. And he was told to tell, to bend anybody to the will of the United States. We were going over there to, for the uranium. And we already knew and heard from German, one of our Braun who worked for Hitler, who they already shot down, knew and went to Antarctica. We were met with five flying saucers in Antarctica that destroyed that whole unit within three minutes. And it's, it's, it's in the books. Everybody can Google this. Admiral Byrd came back and told our president, the enemy uh, showed mercy within three minutes. They destroyed everything and they let them go back. I never heard that ever. Oh, it's there. Yeah. It's there. You can Google it. When you get off today, just look it up the story. And so this goes in our history books, operation high jump, uh, Admiral Byrd. And all of a sudden, Four, six years later, the Antarctica Treaty was signed by our government. So you can Google that. It exists. Right. And no, and with all the other 12 countries, that no country goes to Antarctica because okay. the extraterrestrials said, don't come here. Right. Now, the only thing I had ever heard about that outside of, uh, you know, the uh, example that now you've just shared with me. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, what I've heard from Flat Earth is um, a, a fellow YouTuber like yourself, uh, Tyler, I believe, from Secure Team. 
Yep, he's and, back up. Yeah, yeah, I know he's they back took up. Page down for a while. Yeah, and apparently, is there uh, a large craft somewhere deep down inside the ice or in was... pyramids? Okay, and All in right. the pyramids, there's a pyramid there. Abner Bird from the United States. Okay. Uh, came back and showed our our uh, he didn't show them the entry he showed them that there were spacecrafts and then there's a pyramid that people talk about that's in antarctica so here's what i'm gonna say and, and this is what i was gonna say earlier when i was in clubhouse one of the things that i began i did over 400 interviews there you know and i started noticing that judging on the culture and lens of someone you know, that depending on how they was raised, how they, this is how they seen the phenomenon. Some people seen aliens as angels. Some of them seen as demons. Someone seen as this. And it wasn't until I realized that over time that I began to understand. And then I try to relate to the audience and those people. When I get them both on stage, they're, they're at war. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally I start saying, wait a minute, guys, it's just based upon how you will see this, what information you interpreted, but we're all talking about the same thing. Same thing with the flat earth people is where I'm, I'm bringing this home. We all talking about there's something in Antarctica. We just, our destinations is, is mixed up of how it exists, mm-hmm. but nobody's not saying we can't come together, flat earth people in this, this theory or hypothesis and say, least is there something in Antarctica we all need to go see? Right. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's the destination is the problem. So everybody's mm-hmm. got this issue. So let me bring something else to your attention of your audience. And, and, and it's going to be a spoiler alert. There was a movie called King Kong Godzilla. You seen that? The last one? Mm-hmm. You saw it, right? Mm-hmm. Where did King Kong go back to? Where was he from? What was he from? He was like the jungle. No. King Kong? Where did, where, in this last movie... Oh, where you're did have to he, refresh me. Where don't I'm not good with questions. Godzilla, Godzilla burned Godzilla the hole. Godzilla went into the water, right? No, no, he burnt a hole through the earth. Shit. Which and when they I said King, when King Kong said he need to go home, they sent him to Antarctica and he went back into center earth. Oh shit. Yeah. You remember? Okay. That's where he was from. And it had a sun in there. It had everything, light, and he would and it was gravity was a little different. But he went back. It was a hole in Antarctica. Well, there's another movie and, I'm not going to watch. <laughs> and he went into center earth. So, but I'm saying is they're, they're uh, showing this stuff, right? Right in real right. time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're looking at it, but we just not putting the dots together. So, right. Um, so it's okay. It goes, you can put aside your differences and just focus on the one thing, which seems to be UFOs um, are real, th- that UFOs are real. Right. And <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. UFOs are real. <laughs> are real. And now anything after they're real, now it's possible. And you get we <laughs> you gotta get the baseline. That's a human. The duck, that's a duck. All right, so that's a duck. Now now it. that we know it's a duck, we know those eggs from it is duck eggs. You, you get what I'm saying? It's right. just we don't have to think about what it is in the eggs. Well, the duck laid them. That's a duck egg, you know. Right. But if we don't get the duck right. We don't know what's in the eggs. They're going to speculate. The eggs are square. They flat. They're this. You know, guys, UFOs are real. We're not along in this universe. So all that is possible. And we can think we're in the matrix. Maybe we're not in a matrix. We see things this way. But the reality of it right now, flat earth people can't go to Antarctica. They can't walk over there. Ain't nobody getting over there. And we can't prove it. You know, we know we can't go over there. We know that's a treaty. 
and we know the history of Avenue Bird, all of these things. And right. so if we just connect the dots, we, we can think different. Now, I'm so glad that you kind of left it at that because I think it's a beautiful place to close because that's what this show is all about, all right. is just having free thought putting it out there and you can take what you want from what we just said, or you can just leave it on the table. Regardless, we're glad that you stopped by to take a listen with an open mind and hopefully share a couple of laughs with me and Roderick. What I will do is I'll include my interviews with David Icke and Anthony, uh, Anthony, the reptilian channeler, and Rob Goche, another one of his friends. And to close, I'm also going to make sure that all the links are in there for uh, Roderick's YouTube channel, as well as the podcast links and his clubhouse group. And, you know, take us home with some of your documentaries when those are going to be happening. And I'll make sure that the links are in the description for that as well. All right. So um, what I'm really excited about, is going to be May 20th. Okay. This is the documentary called the alien Endgame, And this was uh, a show that has three hosts. I'm one of three hosts. I am the, UFO investigator Rich Emberlum is the main host. He is a former uh, FBI, you know, well, you know, CIA works with trained CIA, the military. So he's on this quest about is there military cover-ups. And so he brought in Melissa Tittle as an investigative reporter. So she's in it as the third host. And then he brought in the investigator UFO, which is me for MUFON. You know, I'm a MUFON investigator. So we go on this journey. We're, you know, interviewing different people. I interview um, a couple of people. In fact, in this particular documentary, people are going to get a kick out of it. We reveal some of the first official cover-up UFO encounters that the military actually ordered some of these people to fire up on UFOs. Some of them didn't make it. Some of them did. I interviewed a guy. His father lived to tell the story, which Nick Pope is in there. So Nick Pope... uh, is one of the ones that got his father's story declassified. And uh, so I interview him and then I interview uh, a couple other people as well as we did some round table, different stuff at a a secret bunker. So awesome. um, May 20th, uh, alien end game, my debut. um, And I'm excited about it. And, uh, and I got a lot of other projects from now, a couple of them that's coming down the pipeline. So, All right. Well, Roderick, thank you once again for joining me right here on the Launchpad podcast. And thank you, the viewer, for listening us to go on for a little bit. I don't know. I think this is going to be probably an hour podcast. Not too many people make it past 45 minutes. So congratulations on that. So to Roderick and to you, take care, be well, and love simply because you can. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No problem. And subscribe to both our channels. <laughs> I'll make sure yes, to have those yes, in the link. Yes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you kindly.